The Process, a podcast about creativity and experimental music. In the world of experimental music, outcomes and accolades for creators can be uncertain and at times seem far and few between. Therefore, creators and practitioners of experimental music must embrace the one thing they will always have complete control over, the process. This podcast aims to understand this creative process by listening to new works and discussing them with their creators. Each episode focuses on one creator and their music. Understanding how and why they create can inform aspiring creatives and help audiences better understand and navigate experimental music. I'm Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and I'll be your host as we explore the world of experimental music, creativity, and the human need to find purpose in their world and lives. This is The Process. Cassie Wieland is an Illinois-born and Brooklyn-based composer. Praised by the New York Times as sweetly shimmering, Wieland masterfully experiments with timbre and texture by exploring intimate and fragile sounds to achieve the handmade sound she is often looking for, imperfect but intentional. Cassie has been commissioned and performed by Line Upon Line Percussion, Ensemble Del Niente, Noise, Unheard of Ensemble, Liminal Space Ensemble, Clarinetist Ken Thompson, Percussionist Adam Groh, and Illinois Modern Ensemble, among others. Her music has been featured at events such as the Bang on the Can Marathon, Hot Air Ensemble Festival, MKE Unplugged, the Red Note New Music Festival, and the Maryland Wind Festival. Cassie has also been twice recognized as an ASCAP Morton Gould finalist and as the 2018 Composer-in-Residence for the Maryland Wind Festival. She has recently been named a 2020 Roulette Commissioned Artist and an inaugural Bowman Fellow for the Kind of Kings season. Her music has been featured on New Sounds, The New York Times, Financial Times, Musical America, I Care If You Listen, and Earful, and The Road to Sound. On today's episode, we listen to Cassie's Hymn for Solo Piano and Electronics, written for and performed by Vicky Cho as part of the Roulette Jerome Foundation Commission in 2020. Thank you. 
So the creative process starts uh, usually at the same place for every piece, but it often goes in very different directions. Um, I normally, if you can see behind me my piano, I've got like big 11 by 17 uh, staff paper. And I usually start by uh, sketching out an overall form that I, I like to use. But um, even though I use staff paper, the beginning of a piece very rarely involves musical notes. Um, it'll usually have shapes and words. And um, I find myself more and more inspired by the specific instrument that I'm writing for. So uh, depending on whether or not I have the chance to experiment with that instrument or uh, which pieces that I'm, I'm listening to that are on that instrument, uh, the process will then go in a very different direction uh, depending on depending on where I'm starting from. Sure. So that's interesting. I often, you know, people often talk about the process doesn't begin when they sit down in front of the piano and have quote unquote notes on a page, but but that really is where it it starts for you. So what are some of the things that get you to the piano, that get you in front of this staff paper where you're creating pictures? What things inspire you? I have been trying to keep track of what what inspires me so I can sort yeah. of hold on to it, but it does seem like it's something different each time for each piece. Um, it's always something very little, like a, a little moment in my day or, um, you know, another piece of music that I'm listening to that is not by me, it's by somebody right. else. Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah. It's always uh, uh, little little moments or, or inflections throughout the day where I, I get emotional, honestly, yeah. and I, yeah. I have to like rush to write that down before I lose it. Yeah, I, I, I have that same thing where if I don't write it all down right now, it's just going to disappear. I always wonder, though, if it does come back to me in some way anyways, <laughs> when I'm I'm like, where did I come up with that melody? And, you know, mm -hmm. um, OK, so you're inspired. Uh, you have this emotional response. You have this uh, extra musical thing that happens. You sit down, you're you're at the piano, you're making shapes on the staff paper. When does that turn into musical notes? When do we start to see sort of it moving into score territory? So that is usually my least favorite part of the process, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going Absolutely. from thoughts to notes. <laughs> you know exactly how it goes. Because uh, when it's all abstract, when it's all a thought, it, it's yeah. like perfect and unattainable and she's mm -hmm. beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> but then once you start trying to translate it, you're like, Oh God, I suck at this. Um, but, <laughs> uh, honestly that, that transition usually happens when I'm forcing myself to just try something, try anything. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll bribe myself usually by being yeah. like, okay, if you sit down at the piano, <laughs> for 20 minutes all you yeah. have to do is 20 minutes today and then yeah. you can have a snack or yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that um and it, re it reminds me of my sister it's like you can have one candy of your choosing from the store if you complete this task <laughs> yes exactly and you know that's 
that's how I was raised and that's how I'm <laughs> continuing to raise myself. Imagine that people from the Midwest raised on food and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> positive food reinforcement. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that transition, um, is a lot of trial and error for me. Yeah. So when does the musician see the score then? At what point? And then what role does the musician have in the further refining of that score? Definitely depends on the type of project that yeah. that I'm involved in. Um, as you know, different projects mm -hmm. uh, require different sorts of uh, collaboration. Right. Um, if I'm lucky, then... I will get to interact a lot with the performer. Um, they'll see a score, they'll play it for me, and then we'll change it three or four times before before we finally uncover what what the final product is. Um, but you know, with some pieces, uh, they need a score by a deadline. You give it to them, yeah. and sometimes you don't hear the premiere. Sometimes you do, yeah. and kind of kind of hope for the best, but. My favorite projects are when I really get to talk to the person that's performing because um, mm -hmm. that that interaction to me is what makes the final product, what makes the music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be very transactional. If it's we need a score by this date, get it to us by you know here, then, now. So what types of things are you changing? What, what are the things that normally get shaped when you're working with a musician? Also depends uh, on the project. You know, it changes from person to person. If I'm working with electronics, then something always goes wrong. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's the rule. Uh, That's right, the rule. right. A, a patch will have to be rebuilt. Mm -hmm. uh, it won't turn on for some reason, you know. Sure. Um, so technical things with electronics will often get changed quite a bit. Um, but other than that, I, I want to say... Because I start with form and because that's the part of the process that's most comfortable for me, that mm -hmm. overarching uh, form will not change when I'm collaborating. But um, they'll often give me information that I did not know beforehand, you know, about about the minute details of, of their instrument or sure. or the way they like to perform that will inform me on how to change uh, little moments throughout the piece.
Him is a solo for piano and electronics, a solo pianist and a Max Patch. And it was written for a pianist, Vicky Chow, um, who's an amazing pianist here in New York, yeah. Uh, yeah. plays for the Bang on a Can All-Stars, and that's that's how I met her. Let's talk about the relationship between the live processing and uh, the piano, and what's sort of the relationship, what are we hearing, uh, and at times what are we seeing? All of the electronics are being manipulated by a max patch. As Vicky is uh, going through the score, she is um, hitting triggers with her MIDI pedal that will go to the next sequence of either um, triggering a fixed media loop or a section that I wrote beforehand and the speakers are playing, um, or they're adding... Uh, some sort of live processing to the actual piano sound, which um, there's always some reverb going on, but occasionally you'll hear granular synthesis, uh, you'll hear some delays, um, some light processing like that. So the piece has movements. Talk a little bit about the the movements in this piece. Well, I wanted uh, to title, well, because it was a, a th- a longer work than I usually do. Sure. I wanted to start off by by cutting it into sections, um, mostly for my own sanity. So I didn't mm. uh, crumble under the thought of having to write one large long form work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so two of the titles, the first and the third movement, are verse mm. and chorus. I I pulled from the structure of an actual hymn. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a verse right. and a chorus and a verse and a chorus. Right. Um, yeah. And then I love the idea of moments happening in between moments and then going back to that overarching form. The second and fourth movements, Sister and Ghost, are um, more pulling from the overall inspiration of the piece. Um, I have two younger sisters, and that's what uh, the sister movement is for. And then I have... A uh, ghost is is for um, represents memory, in a way. And then in between those moments, I also have little interludes, which right. are are moment within a moment within a moment, <laughs> just keeps on going. So, how do you choose these gestures? And you know, especially in in a piece like this, where you're trying to sort of grow these gestures, and then you're sort of also trying to you know shrink them and and make them larger and smaller. So, how do you choose what that gesture should be, and you know, where do those where do those ideas come from? A lot of the ideas came from working personally with Vicky, but while I was experimenting with the instrument, getting ready for this piece, I would play one thing and like it. And, yeah. and want to play it more, want it to be like a, a longer thing. And um, then where that went was very much influenced by watching Vicky play. Because um, mm. not only is she amazing at her instrument, but just yeah. you know watching the, the technicalities um, and the choreography really uh, influenced how, how long or where I wanted something to go like a... The second movement, Sister, was actually the one that I wrote first. Um, and it, it starts off with a kind of piano phase moment where you're yeah, yeah. you know, repeating yeah. uh, one hand over another 
type of thing. And then it just, it starts expanding all the way up and down the piano. And that's because I've watched Vicky do that so many times and she's so good at it that I was like, I want to, I want to make her do that again. Um, and actually when I wrote that, uh, when we were workshopping that movement, I was like, can you play it as fast as possible? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh gosh, I don't know. I'll try. And then she just sight reads it like flawlessly. Right, right. Of course. <laughs> and afterwards she was like, was that okay? I was like, oh my God. And you're just blown away. You're like, wow. Yeah. That was, yeah. I was on the floor like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> right. So this is a question that I've been thinking about a lot, especially over the last year. Um, And I'm not sure I have an answer yet, or at least an answer for myself. But um, I, as a composer, I do work on commission here and there. um, But I also have 
or had a number of, of part-time and freelance jobs, you know, sure. if we're talking about financial stability. Right. Um, I, I work at a record label. Um, I was an audio engineer before uh, mm-hmm. concerts fell off the face of the earth, but, right. you know, maybe that'll come, come back. back. Yeah. <laughs> they'll come back and you'll be there. You'll yeah. be there. You'll be ready. <laughs> Um, and then I'm also an assistant for a full-time composer, Missy Mazzoli. Um, Mm -hmm. so I have never had a life where I fully just create. Um, Mm -hmm. but a few months ago, or I guess a year ago, I got kind of close by getting more commissions and, and seeing that money becoming pretty stable, but, um, Throughout that process, I realized that it was what was really important and uh, satisfying to me about creating was having a certain agency where I get yeah. to choose um, who I'm working with. I, I get to choose what instruments I'm writing for, which weirdly is not common in the composer classical world. Usually you're, you're told. Mm-hmm. It's, like, yeah. it's like, you know... Uh, a painter being told, "Okay, you're you're painting with yellow for the next few months," right? Um, right. Yeah. Which is uh, re- really strange if you think about it. But having having that agency to uh, do what I wanted in that respect was what led me to my most my happiest time creating and my my most satisfaction out of creating. There's this expectation that if you're a successful artist, then uh, you will get money and praise for it. If you're right. if you're good at what you do, then people will like it, and then people will give you money and praise. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if you do something just for money, you're a sellout. But if you yeah. do something for no money, mm-hmm. then you starve and you can't make rent. And I, right. for me, disconnecting my uh, financial stability with my art making, um, as much as I can by, you know, working, working a day job that, uh, maybe isn't my number one passion in life, but it, you know, provides for me so I can spend time creating has been, uh, has been ideal for, for my creating process. Well, uh, uh, this has been fantastic. Um, thanks so much for your time and uh, for sharing your music with us. I really enjoyed listening to him. Um, I felt it was a very healthy piece and it was something that when I listened to it, um, I was more relaxed and I was in a better place than when I you know, began listening to it. Oh, thank you so um, much. So thank you for that. Um, before I let you go, though, is there a place where we can find out more about you and your music? Yes, I do have a website. Um, it's just my name, CassieWheelan.com. Um, that's where I, I post most of my happenings and stuff. I'm not very much uh, on, on social media nowadays, but I do have an Instagram and, and a Twitter if, in, if you're into those things. But my website is where to check out my work. Thanks to Cassie for sharing her time and music with us on this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out other episodes of the podcast 
And as always, like, subscribe, and leave a comment on your preferred podcasting app. I'm Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and this has been The Process.